Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. Hey, everybody, Ohioan Podcast Network. This is uh, Chris and Craig show. Um, we release this a little bit later in the week, but just for reference, we are taping these on a Tuesday. I had a uh, just a personal obligation I had to take care of on Wednesday night. So Craig's kind enough to, you know, switch the days. And again, be mindful of that because we're going to talk about some current events over our next two shows. And just a reference in case you listen to this, you're like, well, wait a minute, this is updated since then. So yeah, Chris and Craig show. I got Craig with me. Craig, how are you? Doing well. How are you, Chris? Good. It's been a busy week, but I'm starting to see light at the end of the tunnel, a bunch of stuff. Some of the stuff we we talked about just before it live um, and just work stuff, home stuff. Got a crazy bill. I got to pay. I'm seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, which I'm encouraged by. Um, 24 hours ago, I'm not sure if I was seeing the light at the end of the tunnel on anything I got going on. But we're, we're seeing some promise overall in life about six different levels, which is encouraging. I, I'm happy. Um, yeah, so today we're just going to talk some Ohio news. We, we really haven't sat down and talked about it. Uh, I want to preface this to start, and this is a conversation that Craig and I have had um, probably when we started this daily concept of Ohioan. We were trying to make this like a news magazine. Like, hey, we're going to give you the top five stories no matter what. I think the one thing that kind of bugged us is we all got our hats in the journalism game. Uh, I'm a digital producer here with a lot of Gannett newspapers. Craig covers some of these people that we talk about every day. And we wanted to kind of take a step back from that. So we're going to, we've been trying to avoid more of the politicians' names over the past while. Uh, we did talk about the governor because he is our governor, and we're talking about how he governs in the state. But when you look at individual senators and um, house reps and elections, some of the back fighting to go back and forth, hey, we'll talk about if we need to, but we're trying not to make it where, oh, man, we got to talk about what else. So that's why you're seeing a little bit more of the Ohio fun news and a lot of pop culture. Um, you know, Craig... Uh, and George talked a lot of pop culture, and you know we're we're gonna we're gonna have an extra show where we talk about pop culture things. So it should be good. So Craig, just want to get people ready so they're yeah. not like, why aren't we hearing about certain things anymore? Well, you are, but we're doing it in a little bit of a different way. Uh, let's start out. We've we didn't really give an NFL preview, and that's okay because I'm not I'm not really in the mood to give NFL previews. But um, I I've got a show that talks about my favorite football team, the Steelers. If you want to really see stuff being broken down, check it out. It's on there. We may even do an extra show on the Ohioan about the Steelers game. But let's just talk in general. We're Ohio, so let's focus a little bit more on the Browns and Bengals. Uh, Browns lose. I think, what was it, like 33-29? Yeah. Yeah, a four-point w- loss. Um, 
I don't know, Craig, my quick and let's do like 15 second summations. We don't need to break down every play or anything. I Browns are a good team. They're a lot better than they were. Um, they're definitely not that four and twelve team anymore. But the Browns are a step below some of the best in the AFC. They don't I mean they had 12 point lead a half. Everything was going okay from in the first half. And then the Chiefs came back and won the game. And what? The Chiefs won a Super Bowl. They lost the Super Bowl last year. Uh, Browns are good. They're just not to the Chiefs level yet. And it could change throughout the year. Stuff could come together. But it's definitely not the case after the first game. Uh, I got an argument at work about this. I think Baker Mayfield's an okay quarterback. I, I'd grade him above average. But I think last yesterday, when Baker had a weird interception at the end, it's showing that although he's good, you can't call him a franchise quarterback right now. So that's my thoughts. What's your thoughts? Well, I kind of disagree with you. I mean, the, the interception there at the last play of the game, he was uh, sort of getting tripped up there, and, you know, that kind of can tra- change the, the strength and power and the trajectory of the ball when you throw it. Uh, I thought he looked great. I mean, he was, you know, by all accounts, carving up the Chiefs' defense I think the Browns really showed that they can compete with the Chiefs. Maybe they're not quite at that level yet, but they're close if they're not there yet. Um, it was a game that, yeah, you know, you probably should, ar- you know, could argue that the, the Browns should have won that game. They were up by 12 at halftime. They seemed to be handling things. A couple of bad mistakes. You know, they, they lost a fumble with uh, Nick Chubb that probably cost them points. Uh, the Hunter fumbled a snap and then ended up getting tackled in his own area, you know, his own uh, part of the field. So, you know, they gave the Chiefs, who really don't need a lot of extra help, a lot of extra help. And essentially, the Chiefs win this game on just an absolute crazy throw from Patrick Mahomes to Tyreek Hill that helped get them, you know, into the lead there at the end. And then, of course, they were able to, you know, solidify the defense a little bit there in that last drive and win. But I'm telling you, the Browns looked really, really good. They were dominating in that game. And barring a couple of mistakes, they probably could have beaten the Chiefs by two scores on the road. Yeah, it's opening day, so both teams, you just never know where both teams are going to be at. You don't know if this is an AFC championship game preview. But I I came away thoroughly impressed with the Browns, although – they should be upset that they lost that game because they gave it away in a lot of ways. Well, I guess that's what I'm saying. Like, I never was a Chicago Bulls fan when they had Jordan Pippen and Robin, but I always liked watching their games. And if you remember, yeah, there were some games that the Bulls were dominant and they would kill you, but there's a lot of games where you're like, man, Jordan is off, Pippen's off. They're not really where they need to be, but they found some way of beating you. And, And you're sitting there at the end of the game going, what the heck? I mean, you know, Jordan missed his first 10 shots or whatever. You know, you're, you're like, how could this happen? And it's just because of that killer instinct. And again, I'm not condemning the Browns. Good night. They've been good for, what, two years. You know, so I'm not going to sit here and say, shame on the, you, Browns, or shame on you, Baker Mayfield. I'm just saying to me, like, we're going to talk about the Sears game in a second. Sears look like absolute horse crap for most of the game, especially the offense. Props to Big Ben because he found a way of winning the game. You look at his stats, crap. I mean, you know, Big Ben's not in the top maybe 15 quarterbacks in, in the league. But props to them because they were able to put everything together and win the game. And, again, 
it's unfair. The Browns are still relatively young overall. Baker's still relatively young. I'm just saying I heard some wild speculation before the game. Oh, Browns definitely the best in the AFC. They're not right now because they're a step behind. I, I kind of compare it, um, you know, the Steelers when the Patriots are so good. The Steelers played the Patriots at the time in the playoffs. They may have won one or two. I mean, they could beat them. It's not out of the realm possibility the Steelers could ever beat the Patriots, but they were definitely a step behind. I mean, Tom Brady was, I hate to say it, but Tom Brady was playing better than Big Ben was. So I, mean, I, I guess that's what I'm saying. And if they could play 10 times in a row, the Chiefs win eight or nine of the game just because the Browns aren't to that point yet. Now, Craig, the Browns could be at that point by week 10 this year. Who knows? I'm just saying if you look at week one, especially when you compare it to what happened in the playoff game. I mean, that playoff game was there for the Browns to take last year, too. And, and so the thought is when you can't win that game, you're not there yet. But, again, yeah. stuff could come together. They could be dominant. It's just example of right now that's not there yet. And I'll be honest with you, too. I, I know in today's quarterback age, you've got to pay your quarterback. Baker Mayfield, he's above average quarterback, but he's not – at that Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes level yet. Now, I will say this. Josh Allen did not look good against the Steelers. So I, I wouldn't sit here and say Josh Allen's on that elite pencil yet. So maybe he's not in the Patrick Mahomes level yet. We'll just say it like that. I don't think anybody's in the Patrick Mahomes level. I would say this. I'm not saying that Baker Mayfield's like a top top five quarterback, but – he, you know, he, and, I, and I get that the Browns were building to something and then they sort of inserted Baker Mayfield into that, you know, much like the Seattle Seahawks did with Russell Wilson, where you, you build your team and then all of a sudden you find the quarterback and then you drop him right in there and you've got your guy. I real, I mean, I, what, <clears throat> I guess at this point, what could Baker Mayfield have done Sunday to prove to you that he's a franchise guy. I'm not saying that I'm going to give him, you know, Josh Allen money, but I would say this by the end of the season, the decisions are going to have to start being thought about. Are we going to give this guy a contract in that stratosphere? And I think you have to these days in the NFL, Jared Goff got it in, in LA before maybe he should have gotten it. Josh Allen's gotten it. I just feel like in this day and age in the NFL, when you've established that you're the guy for that team, and look, barring a trade for an elite-level quarterback like a Deshaun Watson without the sexual assault cases and Aaron Rodgers, who did not look very good Sunday, what upgrade do you feel like there's, there is for the Browns to have? <clears throat> That's what I'm saying. And I'm not saying that Baker Mayfield is a great, great franchise level quarterback already i'm saying that he's trending in the right direction he's trending in a direction that i believe you can win a super bowl with if you have the required pieces around it a solid defense good skill players and the browns have the offense they have the receivers they have the running backs their defense is not great that's the thing that would keep the browns away from a potential Super Bowl or AFC championship game or a loss at some point in the playoffs. I don't think Baker Mayfield is going to lose games in the NFL. I understand well, he threw the interception, but again, he was being tripped up. It was a last second kind of thing. That stuff happens. Everybody throws interceptions. I'm not really concerned about if Baker Mayfield throws an interception when he throws the ball 
and he he had a great game. I mean, what was he? Twenty one for twenty eight. I mean, the guy he he was laser sharp for three quarters and three quarters of a fourth quarter. I mean, but, he was right, great. But, but you but part of it is you got to finish. I mean, the Steelers game that we'll talk about in a second and. Shame on us for talking about that more now, but uh, as soon as had 54 total yards in the first half, right? The defense played out of their minds in the first half to, to make it a 10 nothing game. I, I mean, it should have been 20, 30 nothing, or even worse than that. It, just from the way the Steelers offense played, I liked how Big Ben finished. Stats were crap. I, I was on Big Ben the whole game, I wasn't happy with his performance. I'll be honest, Craig, win that game. And, and, yeah, you can't win the game on your own. You know, Baker needs help from his offensive line and his other players and everything. But Baker could have – I hate to say manned up. Is this something saying he's not a man? If Baker said, doggone it, I'm going to get us that touchdown no matter what, how would the story have changed if you let him on that game-winning drive? Oh, it would have changed tremendously. Oh, I'm sure it would have changed. But you okay. would have been like, hey, that's the same level. Maybe that's the same level of Mahomes, but – He's well, a definite challenge. Okay, you talk about the finishing aspect of things, and I understand what you're saying when you say that, but let's face the facts here. And I'm not discrediting Patrick Mahomes one bit, but you could make the argument that Patrick Mahomes has finished one thing in his career so far. He did win a Super Bowl. I will give all the credit in the world he did win that. Although, if you remember that game, he did not play all that great in that game and was actually being outplayed by Jimmy Garoppolo from the 49ers in that game. So let's let's think of it that way. And then you go back to last year where, oh, Patrick Mahomes is untouchable. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. He doesn't really show up in the Super Bowl. The Chiefs don't really show up in the Super Bowl, and they don't finish. So is Patrick Mahomes the GOAT, or is he just a really talented quarterback that makes throws that no one else can make, and he has won the one Super Bowl so far? Well, and well, early in his career, too, so good on him. I'm just saying that, you know, the argument, well, what has Josh Allen finished? You know what I mean? What has Deshaun Watson finished, you know, when he was going before his assault, you know, case going on? But Well, well let me clarify. I'm to do that other people have not done to show that he deserves the franchise money or whatever you want to call it. Well, let me clarify. Mahomes' stats are unbelievable, and part of that is because – You've got a tight end playing out of his mind in Kelsey, and you've got Tyree Kill, who actually can catch, and the fact that he's faster pretty much anybody in the league right now. So if you're Mahomes, you can throw the ball up way high, and you know Mahomes has got the ability to throw it like sidearm and all this other stuff. If you can make ridiculous throws and Tyree Kill can beat the defense, you're in good shape. I wouldn't compare – I don't even think Mahomes is at the same level of you look at some of those classic quarterbacks like Dan Marino and everything. I'd rather have Dan Marino's age a million times of a million other than Mahomes. I'm just saying right now in the NFL, the guy's produced and he is helped by his offensive weapons. Is Mahomes more than other people? Um I again, you look at the Steelers game yesterday. Big Ben looked like crap. He made the plays when he had to to say, okay, we got that win. And all I'm saying is it could, it could happen starting next week with the Browns. The Browns' season is far from over. And, yeah, good for them. They didn't lose by a million against the Chiefs. At the same time, though, I'm, I'm just saying I want to see games where I'm like, crap, the Browns shouldn't have won that game. 
Why did they win that game? Because of Baker Mayfield. That has to happen. Now, it's, it's only his fourth year in the league. I mean, again, his career's not washed up. He's a lot better than any other quarterback the Browns have had in at least 20 years. But I'm, I'm just saying, before we move him to that elite level, that's the thing that they got to be careful about. And, you know, here's the other thing, too. L- Lamar Jackson, they lost their Raiders team. Now, I don't think it is bad. I think they're decent. But, you know, a Ravens should not be losing to the Ravens. That, that's tough. Now, I know the Ravens have all kinds of injuries and everything else. Right. But you're, you're getting a lot of questions. Lamar Jackson's a great runner. Uh, but you're getting some questions about him as a quarterback overall. I and think yes, they play next week. Yeah, uh, they play the Chiefs. Yeah. So the Ravens need a win next week. No, I think it's a home game, but they're playing a very good team next week. And yeah, you go into they could be staring down the barrel of 0 2, and that's not where you want to be, especially if you believe if the Steelers, you know, have you know, exercised any demons and look like they're going to be a playoff team after a a very tough win in Buffalo. The Browns, I really truly do think are going to be a very good team. And that's, I'm not, I'm not a Browns fan. So this is coming from someone who has seen the Browns in Ohio for, you know, 37 years. And I've seen them be terrible pretty much my whole life. They are a legitimate threat to the chiefs. They went in on the road and manhandled the Chiefs. I was stunned in that first half. They were manhandling the Chiefs. And I know it was a tale of two halves and and things did not go their way. But if you clean up the mistakes that were made, primarily the two big ones, the fumble by Chubb, which probably left points off off the scoreboard, and then the Jamie Gillen fumble muffed punt, which gave the ball in in Brown's territory. The, the Baker Mayfield interception was one of those. If that game was if that game was different, if the game was a Browns lead, they'd be running the football and taking the air on the ball at that point. They wouldn't even been throwing the ball. It was a desperation move. He was being tackled as he's throwing, and of course, the ball, the trajectory of the ball is going to be changed by that. I don't. That's not a big mistake. I I understand the end of the game, but those those two other plays were just as important, if not right. more important, because. That game could have been a whole lot different if those two mistakes would not have actually happened. And I and I understand mistakes happen, but if the Browns clean that kind of stuff up, they're going to be serious threats to the Chiefs in the AFC or any other team in the AFC but, that thinks they're going to stake their claim to that conference. Right, but that's a million-dollar question. You can't make a mistake like that on special teams. Like the right. Steelers, the opening kickoff of the season, Buffalo ran back 75 yards. Uh, a still guy to make a fantastic play to tackle him at the 25, and that was dead. I mean, already that was like, ooh, this is really bad. Yeah. But they stopped him and it helped the field goal, which really changed the complexion of the game. I, I mean, listen, we, we got some other games to talk about, but I mean, I guess one thing is maybe unfair to say Baker's the GOAT because, you know, he's young <laughs> and everything. Well, no, I'm not saying you're saying that, but what I'm saying is. I have some questions about if Baker is there yet. And I think right now, and I'd say the same thing about the Steelers. I'm not calling the Steelers a Super Bowl team by any means right now. You've got to figure out how to get past the Chiefs. And I mean, I, if you're looking at the Steelers, the Bills, or whoever else you think could challenge, or the Browns, or whatever, you got to figure out how to get past the Chiefs. And I think two marks against the Browns in the last two games – or you had two games against the Chiefs, 
you realistically could have won because they played well during the game. Right. But you got to finish it. Jamie Gillen can't be dropping punts. Uh, you, know, you can't be having fumbles. It, it's unfair. I mean, you can't always ask for guys not to fumble or drop stuff. But that seems to happen a little bit more. That's the saying. Uh, the other thing about the Browns I want to mention really quick. I don't know where OBJ is at. I don't know where his health and his injury is. But I'm sorry. You've got to play that game yesterday. It, it's the first game of the year. No, no, You're playing the Chiefs. Well, he's missed a, a ton of action. I know. If you're going to be that number one receiver and everything you hear on ESPN, OBJ wants to be that. OBJ is not happy if he doesn't get a friend that amount of targets. I don't want to call him a malcontent. He wants to win, but when he's not winning and he's playing and he gets two targets a game, you're going to hear about it. And I guess what I'm saying, I don't know. It may be a lingering injury. I'm not saying he faked it. I'm not saying he skipped games or whatever. But sorry, you have to do that. And We've written about it in the Akrabika Journal recently. I don't know if Baker and OBJ have that best connection. And you guys sit there and say, what is – they got to figure that out. I, I mean, because just think about this. A healthy OBJ in that game could have meant a lot. I mean, it lost by four. I mean, you can't – Well, I, I would say this. Um I don't know that OBJ should have been playing in week one. I would say I would say this. He's coming off of a torn ACL that happened during the season last year, so we're not even a year removed from an ACL tear. From he a hasn't guy. played 16 games at all. But, yeah. Right, right. But what I'm saying is, he, re, you know, as a, as a receiver, you rely on your knees to be able to cut, to be able to move with quick twitching. I, I don't think you rush him coming back when you don't need to. And I understand who who doesn't want to see the best players play every game they can. He's had injury issues. I, I would say this: is it is it better to force him back into the lineup, maybe at eighty five percent or ninety percent in week one against Kansas City in a game that, quite frankly, will only mean anything if the Browns and Chiefs meet up in the playoffs at the end of the season. And, and you can at least say, oh, well, these two teams played before. Or does it matter if perhaps, let's say, he can play from week two on and you can get a 100% OBJ with less risk of injury playing a full, almost a full season at that point. Now, I'm not saying he's coming back next week. I'm just saying that it it makes sense to me to play the long game with OBJ knowing that, okay, I think they play the Texans this week, if I'm not mistaken. You would have to think that that's probably going to be a win, although you never know. It's the NFL. The NFL's crazy sometimes. Texas um, beat up on Jacksonville yesterday. I mean, beat, they, well, beat well, they down, beat up yeah. on Jacksonville. Um, but I, I feel like you, you keep OBJ and you say, well, when are you going to be really healthy? That's when we want you back. We don't need OBJ at 90% because we can fill in the gaps around our, the offense was not the was not the problem. It was turnovers and the defense. The Browns' mm-hmm. offense is going to be you know clicking on all cylinders. They have one of the best running backs in the NFL. They have a good quarterback that can still make plays. They have good receivers, good tight ends, and a good offensive line. I don't think they need OBJ right now. If this was a team that you would think is going to be in a dogfight in every game, I could see why people would be like, we need him in the lineup now. I don't think they need him in the lineup until he is 100% ready to go, even if that's half the season, even if it only gets half a season, because you're going to want OBJ in a game against Kansas City in late January 
as opposed to early September against Kansas City, right? I mean, doesn't that make right. sense? Right, but I, I want a definite feel for when OJ, OBJ is coming back. Because here here in my land, with Steelers land, I teach him what wasn't injured, but he's out the preseason of a contract dispute. And right. from reportedly, he had to go in and say, hey, it's over. I want a contract. Let's get this done to his credit. And so he gets to play. And they had every reason in the world not to play him. Now, maybe they don't win if they didn't play TJ White. But he played and he looked really good. And again, you can make the argument now with it being a 17-game season, the first game isn't quite as important. But, you know, you play. He's, he's coming off of a contract dispute. OBJ's coming off of a, and I don't remember exactly when his ACL injury happened. All I know is that it was during the regular season last year. So you're talking about not even a full 12 months of recovery time from an ACL injury. There's a difference between not playing week one because of recovering from injury right. versus someone missed the preseason because he didn't want to sign a con or didn't have a contract yet. But That's when you difference. but when you honestly didn't know, like George Thomas who talks to you weekly about movies, he didn't know at that time like he didn't know if OBJ was coming back. And sometimes it's either, hey, the Browns are being coy, they're containing yeah. leaks, they're not everyone's not gabbing their mouth. Or sometimes if you don't know, you don't know. I give an example of my team at Steelers, uh David DeCastro, for a long time he was an all pro guard. Right. DeCastro sucked last year, to be blunt. And DeCastro didn't even practice. And people were like, Is he mad? What's going on? And the Steelers kept quiet. You didn't hear anything. Well, it turns out DeCastro's hurt worse than anybody ever realized. He didn't feel like playing football anymore. So they cut him and he probably won't right. play. But it's the one thing is be careful when you're not hearing that many things. Uh, you're, the Browns are being really coy, or the Browns really don't know if you. Well, yeah, and OBJ's surgery was—I looked it up—it was on November 10th, so he is less than a full year removed from surgery, from rehab, and I'm sure we got the whole. Oh, OBJ looks great because every time someone gets hurt, especially a superstar player, right. they always look better than they've ever looked before. That's always the running joke in sports. However, there's no reason to make. This, he's probably week to week. Maybe he's a month out, but maybe they're looking at it on a week to week basis to see the strength and how how fluid he looks and how carefree he is coming out of breaks and things like that. Knowing that his knee popped, you know, less than a year ago, I, I just feel like there's no reason to rush it. There's no reason to say, well, OBJ has to play because I don't think I understand that he could have helped a Browns team yesterday. But I don't, I don't think he needed to be out there if he wasn't 100% because the last thing you need is for him to either re-aggravate that injury or get another injury popping up because he's favoring the ACL where he could have an Achilles injury or a calf injury or a hamstring injury or a hip issue because he's favoring an injury like that. It's just it's not worth the, the sweat that you would get by not having him later in the season if you can have him later in the season. Let's good talk about the Browns. And, and let's try to do a little bit of this each week. Um, you know, NFL is good for a show we tape once a week because yeah. it doesn't change much. The game happens, you look for <laughs> the next game. Um, but let's real quickly get into some of the other games that matter to Ohioans or you and me. Yeah. Uh, Bengals, I, I got a minute. I watched a minute or two of this game. 
I was more focused on the Steelers at one, the Browns at right. four. Um, I, I will say, you know, to the Baker Mayfield discussion, Joe Burrow looks pretty good. I, I don't think the Vikings are what they used to be. I think they're decent at best. They're not great. But, hey, props to Joe Burrow. He loved to win and win in a game that they could have very easily bingled it and he retied the game because no one won the score in overtime or right, right. or you know, the Bengals weren't perfect. I wouldn't call the Bengals a Super Bowl team by any means. No, no, no. But props to Joe Burrow for helping him win a game that they probably easily should have. So I, yeah. I guess that's where I'll leave it with the Bengals. Any thoughts yeah. on the Bengals? I, I, I probably watched it a little bit more than you. Obviously, I know the Steelers game was on the same time. Uh, that game kind of was a little boring, so I said, you know what, nah. I'll, I'll check out the Vikings and Bengals, and uh, I got to admit, I was very impressed with the the love. The now I don't know what the Vikings are right now. I'm not sure if the Vikings are what we've normally seen them as as sort of a fringe playoff team. They might be on the way back down. I don't. I don't know. It's hard to say. Maybe the Bengals are getting better. Um, I would say that they. I was surprised they won that game. I wasn't expecting that Bengals team to show up, and they played pretty good ball. Uh, I will say this, the biggest fear factor if you're a Bengals fan is Joe Burrow got sacked five times, and there was that one hit, I don't know if you saw it, where he kind of got his bad knee rolled up a little bit, Yeah, and he was limping after it, and I, I just feel like this is the situation the Bengals are going to be in every week, I think, is that yeah. can they protect Joe Burrow enough that he's going to stay healthy not for a 16-game season anymore, a 17-game season. I, yeah. I, I, I'm i very skeptical of it. I will say I don't blame them for drafting Jamar Chase, the receiver who used to be a teammate at LSU with Burrow. I know Penny Sewell was a guy that a lot of people wanted because he was a tackle. He could help protect, you know, at the very least, the blind side or the front side of Joe Burrow or at least upgrade the offensive line to some degree. They decided not to go that direction. I don't know if that was the right pick or not. I can understand. I mean, Chase had a great game. He looks like he could be the next great LSU receiver. So I don't fault them for it. But Jamar Chase is only going to be as good as the quarterback throwing to him. And if Joe Burrow's not throwing the football for the Bengals, it could get to be a long year again. And they're going to be drafting at the top end of the draft, looking probably for an offensive lineman if, if Joe Burrow gets destroyed again this year. And five sacks is not what you want to see because you're in a division with T.J. Watt, with Miles Garrett. Twice a year you're seeing those two pass rushers. I don't know that you're, uh, you know, I don't know that you're feeling very comfortable if you're a Bengals fan with Joe Burrow's health. Yeah, they, they, they definitely needed to do better on the line than they did. Um, yeah, and, and you're right. I mean, the answer to your question, I'm going to get the Bengals is around the 6-10 and 10 team. I know there's 17 games, so what, 7, 10, 6, 11, whatever you want. I think yeah. that's kind of where they're trending after that game. I mean, they might surprise and maybe be closer to 500 if they if they can protect Joe Burrow. I would say this, though. You know, we talk about Baker Mayfield, whether he's a franchise guy or not a franchise guy. I guess the debate would be, is, is Joe Burrow sort of like a Baker Mayfield where he doesn't have elite arm talent where he's going to throw the ball – 60, 70 yards down the field on a rope like Patrick Mahomes. He's not ultra mobile, although he's he's mobile enough. He's kind of like what the the classic Tom Brady's of the world are, like drop back passers with you know beautiful touch on the football. 
But is Joe Burrow a franchise quarterback? I mean, you know, that remains well, to be seen. But the Bengals are hoping for it. But you've got to protect the guy. Otherwise, you're going to have another David Carr on your hand, and he's not going to be able to stay healthy or he's going to, you know, be a shell of himself in four or five years. I saw a natural writer's tweet. It's a hot take. I might go on quote like it's the gospel. But he said, hey, he watched all the games yesterday. And he said, look, um, you know, he thinks Joe Burrow right now looks better than Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson. Which I, I don't know. I mean, I mean he, that's, that's he's got to stay healthy. And I think the issue with Lamar Jackson is you've got a bunch of guys out from the team, which is hurting Lamar Jackson. Yeah. You have your two top running backs out. Uh, David Carr went crazy on the Ravens defense last night. Yeah. But part of the problem was your best cornerback was out. And, you know, uh, sorry. It's, uh, if that happens to Sewers or Browns, they'd be screwed too. So it's tough. Uh, Real quick on my guys, the Steelers. Fun win. Um, They looked like the old school Steelers had great defense and shaky offense. Love watching the great defense play. I'll tell you, Craig, uh, there was a lot of debate here in Steelers land. Um, You know, they picked up Melvin Ingram. Well, what's going to happen to Alex Heisman? One of their productive rookies, you know, is he going to be good or not? They use all three in over 50% of their plays. And the rush on Josh Allen was just dominant, amazing. Um, We freaked out in Steelers land about the loss of Steven Nelson, who I look at as above-average quarterback. I wouldn't go crazy and say he's Deion Sanders or anything. But people say, who can replace him? How can you replace Steven Nelson? Um, Cam Sutton. Uh, Check out – there's some highlight tapes of him yesterday. Um, he's a new starting cornerback. He was kind of a reserve last year. Cam Sutton looked amazing. And the big thing that the Sewers did to help them was um, Stephon Diggs went crazy. Uh, the star receiver for the Bills in the last year's game against the Steelers. Stephon Diggs got like 50 yards receiving yesterday. And that, that was a key. Right. Um, it was amazing to see what the defense did against Josh Allen. Uh, yeah, Josh got the big contract. I still think Josh Allen is all right. It was a bad game for him. I, I think it'll be fine, but it raises some questions where if you look at the contracts being given out, Josh Allen's a league quarterback. Right. I still think he's about there, but there were some questions if you just looked at yesterday's game. I mean, he looked confused. And as soon as yeah. just some good things to uh, confuse him, but it was tough. Offense, it was kind of a mess. Big Ben, I still think, can win. Big Ben has slipped a little bit. I don't think he's completely falling off the hill, but he's definitely not a league quarterback. But he did things that helped them win yesterday. He didn't turn the ball over. I like that part of it. Um, offense lines is a crap show. But they're all young. They're all new. Hopefully they can develop by end of the year. But it was a fun win. And I, I think the Steelers are going to be in the mix in the AFC. They're going to be in the mix in the AFC North. I'm insane if I say they're the top team in the AFC now. But it was a good performance. I felt better about them. That I did before the game. I'm just leaving it that. Uh, you talked about Steelers. Any other thoughts about that game before you yeah, move on? Yeah, I mean, you know, I I have to retract my statement. We, you know, when we had George Thomas on last week, I kind of thought that, the, you know, I said the Steelers look like they're on the way down the hill and maybe not going to be a very good team this year. But they surprised me. And if their defense plays like this consistently, they're going to be in pretty much every game. Here's the only concern that I have as to why – Based on yesterday, even though they had a great win in Buffalo, which is a very tough place to win, if their offense does not set 
an identity. And this could be Roethlisberger was 18 of 32 for 188 and a touchdown. If that's what he's going to be, then so be it. But they need Najee Harris to be better than 16 carries for 45 yards. They need to be one of those dominant run offense teams with a quarterback that can sprinkle in the pass if they're going to compete with the big boys in the AFC. Because it looks like their defense may be good enough to, to keep them in games, but I don't think their offense is good enough to get them deep into the playoffs. I think they can get yeah. to the playoffs. I don't know that they can make a deep run if they don't have one or the other, whether it's Roethlisberger, you know, finding the fountain of youth, or Najee Harris becoming that next great Steelers running back. If they can get one of those, they can make a run if their defense plays like the way they did against Buffalo. Issue Najee Harris. He had no holes to work with. No, no. It's not, yeah, not yeah. And that, and that was rough. Right. The issue with Ben, and I, I'm pointing this out. Yeah, if you really want to hear my ramblings about the Steelers, CPU Steelers is where I go off about the Steelers on, on Twitter. Uh, I, I mentioned this during the game on Twitter, on my Steelers part, not my regular Twitter. Uh, he was under so much duress. 95% of Ben's passes were the touch passes, which, hey, are nice if you can make them work. But when you have to throw the touch passes because you're running for your life, that's tough. So, I mean, if their line can get half decent, it's going to be okay. But let's admit, the Bills have a wonderful defense. Their defense is good, too. So, it was just one of those games. Like I said, they didn't look great. They were able to punch it through. And, and that's where – and I, I don't even know if I can compare the Steelers to the Browns right now. That's where I think the Steelers might have a, a puncher chance matching heads up. I'm not sure if they're at exactly the same point of the talent. But you can play like crap and win a game. And even when you w- look great and you fall apart at the end, that's what I'm saying that difference might be with the Steelers and the Browns. But who knows? Right. Um, real quick about this, because it's the Lions. What was the final yesterday? I, I know that they were getting – Beat up, but well, they were getting beat up. But forty-one thirty-three was the final. Oh, you got some late points. And the Lions actually had a chance. The Lions, yeah, you could argue they scored some garbage points and this and that. They recovered an onside kick and scored and did some things that made it like a circus of score. But at forty-one thirty-three, they had a chance at the end of the game in San Francisco territory to essentially you know, tie the game up, but, you know, but obviously it fell short. Um, I would just say this at one point, what they were down, I think 41, 30 or 41, 17, they were down by 21 at halftime by all accounts, they were just getting trounced and they, you know, I expected that. But what I didn't really expect was the fact that they continued battling and fighting for every inch they could get and keep themselves in that game. And they, you know, in a game where they probably, looked like they were going to get run out of the building at halftime, down by 21. They came back, made it close. They proved that whether they're going to win two games, 12 games, four games, whatever, it looks like they're going to have some fight in them, and I can't really fault them for that, knowing that, yeah, the talent's not there right now. Their defense is horrible. Their offense probably got lucky against what I would think is still a pretty good San Francisco defense, but Jared Goff looked okay throwing the football. Obviously, he can't make the same throws as Matthew Stafford. Not many people can. But I was encouraged by the fight that they had. They they did not give up. 
I think in past eras and past coaching staffs and, you know, other leadership, it would have been 31, 10 at halftime and they just would have phoned it in and probably lost like 41 to 10 or something like that. And just not really even cared to fight and stay in the game. A blue collar mentality from their head coach, Dan Campbell, you know, whether you like his quotes or not, I think as journalists, we probably do as a fan, you're, you're kind of hoping he's a little bit more level-headed on the field than that, but they effectively went out and bit some kneecaps, as he wanted to put it. And I was pretty impressed with the fight that they had in them. They they actually played a full sixty minutes, and I can't fault them for it. It'll be interesting. I believe it's a Sunday night game. They got Green Bay next Monday. Monday night football. Oh, Monday. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is that Green Bay? I I don't think you should bet a ton on them winning the game. <laughs> no. But Green Bay was a a crap show yesterday. So who knows? Who knows? I think I think the Lions played better than they are going to play all season in that game against San Francisco. I don't see them being a juggernaut offensively. I don't really know, you know, Jared Goff looked okay and he he threw an interception which you kind of expect from him. But San Francisco's defense, you know, they got a lot to clean up if they're giving up 33 points to the Detroit Lions at this point. And I'm a Lions fan, but you okay. know, I I I really I was encouraged by some of the highlights I saw of Penny Sewell, the, the number one draft pick for the Lions going up against Bosa. You know, we'll see what happens. I don't think they're going to win a lot of games, but it looks like they're trying to change the culture. I know that's always the big sports cliche is change the culture with a new coach. But honestly, they look a lot different under Dan Campbell than they did under Matt Patricia. Very good. I can't. Well, hey, well, this is good. We're talking about football. We'll try to – you know, we just kind of free balled it here, Craig. So yeah. maybe we, we probably should spend 40 minutes next time. But, hey, <laughs> let's get some football talk. It was we'll, opening we'll weekend, pa- you know? Yeah, we'll pair it down. Well, here, here's my fear. If you love football, you're like, yeah, this is great. If you hate football, you're like, <laughs> fast forward, fast forward. But let's talk about other stuff because, obviously, this is more than just a football show. Um, some news over this afternoon. Again, we are taping this Tuesday afternoon. Uh, I'll try and get this out by Thursday, but understand the news could change a little bit. But uh, Tuesday afternoon, Mike DeWine had a COVID press conference. Hasn't had as many of these recently. Uh, the big news that came out of that was he'd say, look, I would mandate these masks in schools if it weren't for the legislature. Uh, remember our conversations before, uh, legislature passed where they could overturn a mandate, whatever it might be. Right. And when question, you know, Dwight says, hey, this is really what it comes down to. This is why I'm not doing a mandate. Um, Craig, we're not going to talk as much about the politics. It makes my head hurt the more we talk about politics. <laughs> I'm just saying, here's what gets me sad. Talk to me until I'm blue in the face about some dude in Finley that I don't know anything about or, you know, Fremont or whatever. Um, you know, I can take that, but when you start talking about kids, I got nine and fourteen year old and everything. Uh, the nine year old can't get vaccinated. I mean, there's there's no vaccine for them. Right. Uh, the fourteen year old, we're gotta be careful when I say this is for public, but um, we're in the process of adopting him. I guess it's fair to say, live, and you know, there's hoops you have to go through with permissions and everything because he's not. 100% our kid yet. So we got to be careful. But man, I hear that. 
and I know half the people out there think all oh, this socks bunk and we're making this up, but Craig, they had every children's hospital CEO in the state on. And they're like, Yep, we are full. And what scares you, and I'm thinking about my daughter sitting upstairs right now, is if there's a problem, we go to local hospital and they're full, they gotta say, Sorry, go to the next one. Right. And you know, if she scraped her knee, I guess she'd take a, a longer drive. But you know, if she's on a, if she needs to be on a ventilator for COVID, I don't know, Craig. And, and Craig, a lot of this, and I see people who rip the media say, "Okay, you're just trying to stir up craziness or, or whatever." Sorry, guys, this is legit. When your CEOs are coming out saying, "Hey, everybody, there's a problem." Okay, these CEOs aren't being elected by. You know, the public or whatever. Right? I mean, they got no skin in the game and everything else. And Craig, I don't want to spend a lot of time because we've we've talked this to death and nothing is happening. Is there anything else we could try? I, I'm just frustrated that we can't do it and now my kids could be in danger. I mean, it, it's just a little. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, up in my area, in my coverage area in Sedalton County, they have like a 13% vaccination rate for people under the age of 18. Uh, Fremont Middle School, I did a story on Monday that Fremont Middle School was going virtual this week because of mass quarantine. Now, that's not to say that all what ended up being about 125 students and staff were placed in quarantine because of contact tracing. So that's not to say that they all have COVID, but it bears repeating that these are grades 6 to 8, which generally means you're in that 12 to 15 or above age group where you probably were eligible for the vaccine. Now, contact tracing might negate that in any way, but basically it came from someone outside of the school that went back to school with COVID, and then people were experiencing symptoms, and then they decided, well, who are you involved with or who are you around? And then they had to quarantine 125 people. And it's two weeks into school for that school district. And I'm sure that there will be a lot of other school districts in the state that will have to experience this. And maybe the high schools and the middle school issues won't be as bad, but if you start getting elementary schools that get shut down or go virtual for a week or two at a time, that puts a lot of strain on parents that have to either stay home from work or find you know childcare for their children because they can't leave a five-year-old or a seven-year-old or an eight-year-old by themselves. So it's going to be a mess. And, you know, I, I did a story the week before uh, talking to the health commissioner in Sebesky County, and she said the recommendation to all the school districts in the county was to go with masks and social distancing. And all the schools have gone maskless. So you, you sort of are, are we're seeing what people are, you know, they're reaping what they sow here at this point. If you're going without masks because the people in your districts are saying we don't want masks for our children, it's not a big surprise when you have to shut down because of a quarantine issue or because they have shortages in school uh, school personnel or bus driver shortages or substitute teacher shortages. All of that stuff, all those cogs in that machine are now impacted by COVID. You know, they said yeah. before, before the school year, it was harder to find staff, just normal teaching staff, than it ever was to fill out the roster of, of classes because of COVID, because of issues with high, you know, hiring practices and issues like that. So, and now you're having trouble with lunch, lunch people, custodians, bus drivers, substitute teachers. And if you lose, if you miss out on those and have shortages, that's when you have to cancel class or go virtual 
for a week or two or three or whatever it may be. And then, you know, we're back to where we started all, all over again with COVID shutdowns. And, you know, uh, we love having Dan Tierney on, but, you know, if Dan Tierney's on, he'd say, well, hey, if you're vaccinated, you're okay. But I actually push back a little bit on Dan on that. We don't know for sure what the long-lasting things of COVID are. I mean, even if you got COVID and you had a mild case, you can't guarantee. I mean, you're not going to die, and you're not going to end up in the hospital, which is good, but that's still you're off commission for two weeks. And, hey, you better hope you have a job lucky enough to watch your work, but you might not even be feeling good enough to work. It's right. so it's so difficult. Um, I have a friend, and I'll be careful because some – may know this person he had covid last week and he was at an event where somebody who had covid didn't tell and most people at the event got covid right and, and that's and see here's and let's drop efforts this is some other stuff i want to talk about before we end the hour but man craig the thing i hate about how political this is getting is I'm, I'm guessing that if we ever got to the point where we said we need to shut down schools, that comes from a mandate. And, you know, DeWine said today, hey, the reason why I'm not doing it is I've been told that whatever I do is not going to get accepted. Right. So say, I mean, we're at 7,000 new cases a day plus. You know, up to, I think it was nine at the highest. Right. But the number isn't directly going down. What if we got ridiculous and got like twenty or 30,000 new a day? Is that saying that you know, schools will never be shut down because of politics. Come on. And again, I don't know. I don't know that you can guarantee it at this point. I, I think the, when the, I talked to the health commissioner up here, I said, you know, are, are you anticipating shutdowns? Do you think the governor is going to have to get back into these shutdowns? She said, no, that it's probably going to become a natural thing where things shut down naturally because there's nobody to work somewhere. There's no right. one to teach. There's no one to do this or that or the other thing. So, it's, it's kind of like a domino effect where if there's an outbreak at the Burger King down the street, guess what closes the Burger King down the street, you know, and that's, that's what we're, that's the reality we're sitting with. And I don't know if there's a case count that the, is going to change the Republic, the Republicans or the, anybody that, that is in favor of no, no mandates, if they're going to veto any mandates or, you know, overrule the governor's, you know, mandates, I just don't see it happening. I don't think if you don't believe it now, then you're not going to believe it when there's 10,000 or 12,000 or 15,000 or more. And to make sure people understand I'm coming from, this is all based on politics. I mean, everybody out there listening, even if you're anti-vax or anti-mask you know, or whatever, there's got to come a point even in your life where you're sitting here going, okay, there's going to hit a certain number. I'm, I'm going to be like, yep, I'm out enough. I'll get vaccinated. You know, is that a hundred thousand new a day? I, I don't know what that might be, yeah. but what's being told to you by the governor is I'm being told it's all about politics. So when you look at it from a political aspect, one side who says, all right, we're going to approve this mandate. They're pretty much, are they afraid they're going to be waving the white flag and saying politically we're wrong? You know, that's what I said. Top, so it's rough. Um, consider getting vaccinated. I mean, if there's some medical reason why you can't, I know there's exceptions out there. Please understand. But look, I'm not. Look at me. I'm not in the best health. I'm not in my optimum weight. If I didn't get vaccinated, I get COVID. I probably end up on ventilator. That's not how I want to go. Sorry, it's not. So I'm not a huge 
politician one way or the other. I'm not a big vaccine guy who wants to get a billion vaccines. And, I'm, and you know, I, I wear masks, but I'm not crazy about wearing masks either. But I do that to stay healthy. I do that to be healthy for my kids. I want my kids to be healthy. I want my family and friends to be healthy. Is that too much to ask? I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And, you know, I know people who have listened to the show accuse us of being political one way or the other. No, we're trying to be safe. Hey, I'm sure it's the same thing with Craig. If you didn't get vaccinated and you got COVID, you may have been in some trouble yeah. physically. So what yeah. do you do? It's tough. All right, and, and that's all we're going to say about it. I almost feel like Mike DeWine, where you kind of throw up your hands and say, yeah. I mean, what can we say? I mean, yeah, we could talk about this for 10 hours tonight, but it, it drives us all crazy, to say the least. So, I don't know. It, it, it's tough. But let's talk about some other things. Um, you know, it's interesting. I hate to say this is a funny story, uh, but uh, last week was the Ohio State um, – Season opener obviously didn't go too well for the Buckeyes. Um, I don't know, Craig. Um, to finish off the COVID talk, you know, you could say, "Well, how are you against COVID when you're talking about a Ohio State game where hundred thousand people were at?" Well, I think that the best thing you could say is, "Well, it's at least it's outdoors." But then, <laughs> Craig, when you start thinking about, you know, some football teams have domes. I know they're not in Ohio, but you know, Ohio teams could be going there. Or when we get into basketball hockey season, man, yeah, there may be some hard choices to be, oh, to yeah. be made. Yeah. But, but that said, hey, it's outdoor. We support it as long as it's outdoor. And, you know, thank you for doing that, State. Um, but that interesting thing, the drum major, one of the more iconic scenes of college football, uh, the Ohio State band marches out. The drum major marches out. And he tripped. Hey, it happens. I've tripped. Craig, I'm sure you've tripped. Probably not the best place to trip because it's, you're in this iconic moment, you know. Get the yeah. video ready, post it on your Instagram and everything else. I like the fact that at least the guy talked about it. Uh, our reporter, um, Adam Jardy, who um, covers the Buckeye basketball team for a dispatch, apparently he was there right in one of the sidebars. He just happened to get a good video of what happened. That went viral. But kudos to Adam. Obviously, as a reporter, you want to write that story talking about the fall, but I loved how uh, he talked to the uh, the guy after the fall, and I love how the guy seemed to be in good spirit for everything. Um, his name's Austin Bowman, and Austin seemed to take everything okay. You know what I mean? Craig, you, you wasn't upset or anything else? Um, I I think Craig may have frozen up for a second. So, Craig, if you could still hear me, you may want to restart and come right back. But I think we lost Craig for a little bit. So, uh, yeah, let me talk about this. So um, they talked to Austin, uh, Adam did, and it was fun. Um, I liked Austin's comments. I liked he had to be in good spirit. Uh, and he's seemed to be good with everything. And I've got my daughter in the background, so she, I'm sure she has some uh, thoughts about Austin Jackson. But, you know, props to him. I, I, he, was, uh, he was in control, a little self-deprecating. I enjoy that. And, hey, you know, you have an embarrassing moment in life, how you respond. I loved how Austin did respond to that. Hey, let's talk a little bit as we're waiting for Craig to come back. Uh, let's do some ads. Uh, Chase Bank. Um, you know, you might say, I like my bank. 
I don't like what is going on with it. Well, try Chase Bank. Uh, Chase Bank offers a great in-person service. We still want to do that. But Chase offers a fantastic online service. It's worked for me. I hope it works for you. Again, as always, click on the link. If you're looking at this on a website or if you're looking at this on a podcast provider, sign up, attach your direct deposit. You're good to go. I think it's up to 225 bucks that they'll drop into your account. So uh, we got Craig back. I, I thought you were just staring at me, but it turned out that you froze. So <laughs> yeah, I had a welcome back. Yeah, so yeah. it looks like we're back. Yeah. Sorry about yeah, that. 2021. That's yeah. all that's about. Uh, yeah, so we just finished talking about Austin Jackson. I like the fact that he was good spirit, self-deprecating during an embarrassing moment. Good luck, Austin. I know he, I'm sure he's going to have some other chances this year. You'll be fine. Hey, it happens, but but it's good. Hey, uh, Craig, I want to talk now about Amazon. Um, they announced some plans today in the Columbus area. They are hiring twenty five hundred more workers, nine thousand statewide. Um, there are uh, distribution centers in Akron. I know. I I think there's rumor plans uh, open one soon in uh, Canton as well. All over the state, not just in Columbus. Um, you know, Craig, we're in a different market. Some jobs that were pre-COVID popular may not be as popular post-COVID. I like the fact that at least hiring people. Now, some people say, um, friend of the show who is taking a break from us, Brandon Klein, worked at Amazon for a little while. I know Amazon isn't always perfect. Uh, they're kind of demanding. They don't let you take as many breaks. You have to run to go to the bathroom and everything. <laughs> but, hey, in this world, hey, jobs are important. And Amazon, you know, pays well. So uh, props to Amazon and take advantage of it. If you're looking for a job, you're looking for one that pays a little bit better, um, hey, you got to do what you got to do to support your family. Absolutely. Yeah. It's always good news to see jobs coming in. Um, you know, obviously, I covered the Peloton uh, Northwest Ohio opening. That's uh, the groundbreaking for that. That'll be out in a couple of years. So, Industries thriving here in the state of Ohio. It's good to see good paying jobs coming to a, a lot of local Ohioans. Yeah, and you know, still, I mean, we're still having some uh, stuff happening with um, certain jobs that haven't been filled here in Ohio. Uh, Craig and I were talking, it was interesting. Uh, some of our sources are looking at professional jobs in the area too, and we're finding that in some of those, they're not getting quite the applicants they used to, too. So yeah, if, if you're looking for a job, let's put it this way. If you're looking for a job, now's a good time to work for a job. And you don't want to underwork, like, you know, work something that maybe you didn't go to school for. But, hey, if you need the money, there's a lot of opportunities, you know. Uh, to, you know, please take advantage of them. Absolutely. All right. Yeah, so check out Amazon if you can. Um, What else are we talking about here during the 530 hour? Oh, I wanted to mention this really quick, Craig. And let's finish off the show with it. We, we got another hour we need to record. What's up with the Indians slash Guardians? I, well, I mean, technically, they're still the Indians. They got no hit last weekend for the third time. I know we're in a era of baseball where, you know, I mean, when I followed baseball in the 80s and 90s, there's a lot of, you know, let's single, let's move the runner over on sacrifice, let's have them steal third, and a sacrifice fly home. Now you're in the era of, 
you know, home run to strike out. It seems a lot more of that is around. But still, being no hit for three times, what's going on? Well, not only that, they, those were three nine-inning game no-hitters. They were also no-hit during a, one of those trunc, truncated seven-inning doubleheader games as well, which did not officially count as a no-hit. But, uh, yeah, this Indians team, you know, they've always sort of been light on offense. Um, and after losing Francisco Lindor and free eight, you know, into the trade to the Mets, and, of course, he signed a long-term deal, you know, they still have a couple of good players, you know, Jose Ramirez, Fran Mil Reyes, but – Unfortunately, you look up and down that lineup on a day-to-day basis. There aren't very many uh, guys out there that kind of scare you, and sometimes those are the teams that are more susceptible to be no hit, and the Indians have just gotten blanketed quite a few times. It's it's very rare to be no hit multiple times in a season. And to, to have it happen three times is just uh, it's an embarrassment, but you know that's the way the Indians are kind of operating their team right now offensively. They just do not – pour a lot of money into their offense and, you know, get, you know, try to bring in a deeper lineup for offense. And, you know, they just have been susceptible to to good pitching this year. Well, here's another thing without getting too much of the, the microcosm of baseball. I mean, we're in an era where, you know, score, 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 baby. I mean, you said it, uh, Bill's Steelers earlier wasn't a big score a thon and you're like, ah, enough of this. I'm turning it off. Man, yeah, you know, the Indians. We, we gotta get some. We gotta get the McGuire and Sosa's on the lineup. If nothing else, I mean, yeah, you know, it's this, like the old Braves pitching commercial where they say chicks yeah. dig the long ball. I mean, yeah, in this era, striking that. out is okay. You know, home runs are king. It's one of those things where you know, at the very least, you want to try to get on base via the walk or you know, maybe a hit. Kind of a bloop and blast mentality. Get on base and have someone hit a home run. The Indians have a couple of good home run hitters, like I said, with Reyes and and Ramirez. But outside of that, they just don't have it. And, you know, those two guys struggle offensively. The rest of the team is not really built around them to pick up the slack. And that's why you've seen, you know, the last no-hitter, the Milwaukee Brewers, I, you know, no shame in that. The Reds, you know, Wade Miley, no hitting them was a little bit odd, even though he's a solid pitcher. It's just one of those things where it's okay to strike out these days in Major League Baseball. And if you strike out, you're not going to get put the ball in play to even get an opportunity to get a hit. So that's when you see a lot of no hitters. And we've seen a lot of no hitters this year in general in Major League Baseball. I think a lot of it is partly due to that that mentality of, it doesn't matter if you strike out because if you run into one and hit a home run every 10, 15 at bats, it makes up for the other striking out. So, well, and here's my issue with baseball: stop being a copycat league. Just because everyone's doing the home run and strike out, get a fast guy, start manufacturing runs. I, I know it's not as sexy; it's kind of boring. It's I get a lost that, art, though. But... It's, a, it's a lost. You can get, you, you can find guys that can steal bases, and that's great, but. Let's say that you've got a guy that steals 30, 40 bases in a season but then gets thrown out 10 or 15 times. That's 10 or 15 outs that you've left on the field. So a lot of teams are going to this mentality that we don't want to give away outs. It's one thing if you strike out at the plate because that's something that you control to that degree. But if you get thrown out at second base or trying to steal third base or whatever – then you're giving up something that's already right. tangibly there, which is a guy on base. It, so they don't like that. 
it's not a fan-friendly, pleasing game. I, I remember the last baseball game I went to. I was lucky enough for work to get uh, our suite. Man, Craig, I had to tell you about that. Uh, it's a Reds game, and yeah. I, I didn't know anybody. I didn't know any of the Reds. Well, I knew the Reds because I edited a lot of sports copy at the time. So the player names were familiar. I wasn't a fan. They played the Padres. I had no idea who any of the Padres were. This was before the Tatis era and the other era and stuff. And the game was like 14 to 7. There was like about 10 home runs. It was ridiculous. But it wasn't, it just didn't seem that appealing. Like there wasn't like the Mark McGuire's were like, ooh, ah. It was just a bunch of common guys hitting home runs off crappy pitchers. It just, I don't know. It sucked. So, yeah, all right. very few people that are worth watching these days, and a lot of it, you know, is because a lot of it's been watered down, whether it's the expansion of teams or whatever, and, you know, everybody's getting a shot now, and then, of course, you know, bad pitching leads to home runs or bad hitting leads to a lot of strikeouts, and that's kind of where we're at in Major League Baseball. But there's a lot of great players still out there. Hey, two quick promos before we end our Ohio show here. Um, yeah, Ashley Home Store. Hey, we all need furniture in our lives. Ashley Home Store, do your furniture shopping online. You can measure everything online. Um, and you save money, you get stuff delivered to you. Click on a link. That's how you can find out more about Ashley Home Store. Let me tell you, too, we don't talk about this as much, but on my Chris Pugh Substack uh, website, it's kind of the unofficial website for our program. Uh, but you you can also catch some Steelers news if you're into that stuff. You also catch some contests. Craig tells me he signs up for contests for that, and you should too. Helps us out, win some of these contests and everything. It's a lot of fun. Um, but you can subscribe. Now, our stuff is free. We tried a paid model before. We're free because we love you. Uh, you're right. <laughs> Craig's not. We're not sure if Craig loves you, but I love you. I'll oh, I love you. I love you all. But here's what we're doing. You can pay for your subscription. And you might be like, what the heck? Again, for free. Well, we'll let you advertise more in the show. So if you have a business, if you have a nonprofit, even if you want to shout out something that you respect, we will advertise your stuff on the show, like we do Ashley Homesore and uh, Chase Bank. Or if you want to say, hey, I like what these guys are doing. Hey, it's an investment of time. I'll be honest with you. Craig and I used to do this on Wednesday. I found out I had to go pick up a car tomorrow. I'm calling Craig going, hey, Craig, can we do it tonight? Craig did that. This is his time. He's doing that. So if you just want to say, throw us a couple of bucks and say, boy, thanks for giving me entertainment. We'll take that too. So just hit the subscribe button on crispysubstack.com. There's a bunch of options. And <clears throat> even if you don't want to pay or you don't feel like you should pay, Please sign for a free subscription. I'll send you an email every time we release a new show. So fair enough. So subscribe in some way. Hopefully you can throw us some money. If you can't, do it for free, and that way you get notified anytime we have a show. Well, Craig, we are coming back. Uh, one, if you're not listening to our other show, uh, one of the um, very sad today, Craig. Yeah. Celebrity deaths don't get to me, but I love Norm McDonald. Um, Norm died today, which yep. sounds very strange to even say it. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about Norm McDonald on our pop culture show. Uh, that'll come out sometime this week, so please check that show out. Uh, always been a big fan of Norm. Didn't know you were sick. And I did not either, no. News startled us, and we'll talk a little bit more about next show. So for Craig, I'm Chris. 
Have a great day, everybody. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.